Welcome to Top to Bottom, where we cover everything from growing up brown and being a mother to foodie culture and the gay agenda. I'm Maya Jeffers. And I'm Brenda Morgan. Um, Before we get into this week's topic, Brenda, um, I would love to hear about what's new in your life. Um, I know you had a really exciting weekend a couple weekends ago, so um, I would love you to tell me about it. Oh boy, howdy. Well, it's the <laughs> annual homage to the gorge. Homage? Is that the word? Migrage? Homage? homage? I'm, like, mm-hmm. I don't even know how to pronounce words. Listen, Spanish was my first language. <laughs> but we spend Labor Day weekend, so the Thursday before Labor Day, all the way until actual Monday of Labor Day, at the gorge in Quincy, Washington watching Dave Matthews play for three nights. And it is the most incredible show to me because I'm a Dave Matthews fan, but also just the atmosphere, the view, the camaraderie, the new friends, the very strange looking people. It's just fantastic. This year was our second year. Kaylee surprised me last year with tickets to Dave Matthews for Valentine's day. So that kind of started our annual tradition. And so I saw her Valentine's Day gift, and I rose her an engagement. (laughs) I got engaged at Dave Matthews, and it was the best. I'm so excited. (laughs) Try so hard to not be emotional when I talk about it. I'm a crier. I can be angry, and I cry. I'm sad, and I cry. I'm happy, I cry. You look at me wrong, I'll make you cry. (laughs) You know, just... That's just how it works. But it was probably the highlight of 2019. I say probably only because 2019 is not quite over. So you never know. I am so excited for you. You just started talking about it and I got chills just like when you texted me the next morning. Welp, I just got engaged. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I find myself saying welp a lot and I feel like it undermines the very exciting information that usually (laughs) follows like well I'm pregnant or well I'm engaged you know those should normally be happy things but uh yeah needless to say the gorge was incredible she said yes so that's that's good um but yeah it was a it was a fantastic weekend we met a a couple new people and we had a, a lot of love and support around us when I was proposing which was incredible to see in a crowd of strangers so it was it was uh, the highlight of 2019 so far. Um, and just for all of you guys listening, when we recorded our first podcast, we stopped halfway through so Brenda could go and pick up the ring. So um, we obviously couldn't air that because Kaylee would have heard, but it was pretty freaking exciting to be one of the first people to see the diamond. <laughs> oh, yeah. And it was very nerve wracking to listen to the podcast. Um, or the first episode on the road with Kaylee, because as I already knew, you know, towards the middle, towards that break, I knew what was happening. And I thought, did I cut out all the pieces where we talked about, hey, I got to go pick up her ring? Or is this shit going to come across the speakers in this truck and we're going to end up in a ditch because she's going to slam the brakes on and go, wait, what? Right. But uh, we made it safely. And uh Things are good. It was very sweaty. <laughs> Great. I cannot wait. Um, for the wedding planning, for the wedding, for every, all of it, all the pieces. Um, but hey, it, it, it is going to take a lot of planning. But while we're doing that, I mean, let's talk about your weekend. Um, my weekend was not as exciting. I did not get engaged. Um, so there's that. But I, <laughs> um, so it was pretty, pretty laid back, I suppose. Um, but as far as my week, I just started training for a new job, which is pretty exciting. Nice. Yes, I'm still staying at the same company. I'm just moving from more of like an operator, um, like dispatch kind of role into a sales position. So super excited. It's um, two weeks of training, which has been um, pretty exhausting, I would say. I mean, I'm relearning a lot of things that I've already learned through the company. I've been there for a year and a half, but I'm ready to get into the things that I don't know. 
and I'm ready to start making some money. Um, I, I will be getting a $2 raise, which is freaking exciting. Yeah, that's not, you know, that's the biggest raise I've ever received. Let me send you my Amazon wish list really quick. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta send you something to congratulate you guys. So $2 make me holla. <laughs> yeah. So, and commission um, on top of that. So I will not be in an as advanced role as Jessica, but I will be selling equipment just like she is. So um, I'm ready to bring home some bacon for her. She's been bringing it home for me. So nice. I'm pretty excited about that. Um, like, for example, um, when you get like at 100% commission, I think the average check is about $1,500. You hit a 200%, you know, 200% for your goal. You're getting about a $6,000 commission check. Um, and my Damn. right, I know. And so I'm on what they'll call a ramp up. So they don't just throw you out and say, okay, now make $90,000 this month. They're saying, no, try to hit $40,000 and they ramp you up. So if I, you know, hit $40,000 in a month, that's just my ramp up at 100%. You know, that's a $1,500 check. If I hit 100%, which is $90,000, um, which is what I would be making anyways without a ramp up, that's a $6,000 commission check. So I'm trying to hit 300%. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so I cannot wait. And I really, I'm going to tell everybody, I'm like, this lady is making all this money. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I guess is a good segue into our topic this week, which is, uh, socially unacceptable. And the reason I think it's a good place here to bring that up is, um, people don't talk about their money. They don't talk about how much they make. They don't talk about how much they spend. Um, and I've never been, um, embarrassed or I never felt it was weird to talk about how much money I made. Um, so why do you think that? I mean, people have a hard time or why is it a taboo topic to talk about income? To other people, I think for for the majority of people, I mean, I sit in your boat, um, and by the looks of it, it's going to be a yacht here soon. But <laughs> I, I, if somebody says, "Well, how much do you make a year?" Oh, well, I'm going to tell you. But it's crazy to me because in that same breath, if they say, "Oh, did you do you have a bachelor's, a master's?" I will shut down immediately because I feel like they'll correlate the two. Like, "Oh, you have a bachelor's in X degree." you should be making, or it is socially acceptable to make X amount of dollars. But then you get someone that maybe is just finished high school, never went to college, and they're making almost three times the amount of money as I am in the same field. It, it is to me, it's all about the dedication. So I have zero problem telling them, hey, this is how much I make a year big deal, right? Mm -hmm. I have run into so many people that are so shy about sharing, uh, I mean, spending habits or uh, on both spectrums, whether they're loaded and have all the money in the world and wouldn't, you know, bat an eye at two grand. And then I see the people that are living paycheck to paycheck or maybe negative paycheck to paycheck just to make ends meet. And it, it's two very um, different, what's the word, levels of income, but also it is almost the same. Like, I don't know why I, I'm not thinking of words. Maybe the Spanish is kicking in and I'm just going to start speaking <laughs> Spanish and none of you fuckers are going to understand. But it's, I think they equate what they make to how they should or shouldn't spend, or if they're spending, then they should be making. Yeah. Does that make sense? No, for sure. I think it does. Um, I mean, and I've been at both ends of the spectrum here, you know, you know, living paycheck to paycheck, making minimum wage whilst like supporting a household and then being where I'm like, I don't have to watch so closely every week how much I'm spending because I know that I'll be okay for the next week. But I think that being broke equivalates to embarrassing, right? And so like, you don't want to talk about that. You don't want to talk about how much money you make. And then the fact that you maybe spent too much or you don't make enough and it's hard to feed your family. And then you're well off, you're rich and you're proud and you also don't talk about it. So I don't know. I just, I just think that money is such a funny thing. And I get, I get it on both sides. Yeah. I think too many people equate a lot of money to success. I've met some very broke ass people that you would never even think that, Hey, they probably couldn't afford groceries this week, but yet here we are having the time of our lives spending the last $4 that they've got. It's just a mindset for me. I agree. 
you if you can put your mind to pretty much anything, it's it's funny that I, this kind of came up because I have a downstairs neighbor. His name is Chuck, and he is 90 years old, and uh, that man has been through a lot in his life. And he recent recently uh, broke his hip. He fell. He broke his hip. He was he's in the hospital now. He's in rehab. He's doing great. And as we're sitting in the ER, my neighbor and I actually carried him and put him in my car and I drove him over to the ER and I kept looking over thinking, oh, he's got to be in so much pain. And we get to the hospital and he's sitting there and I said, are you doing okay? And he just, he almost sat up in his face. Like he didn't physically sit up, but his expression sat up and said, you know what? It's all about the way you look at it. If you tell yourself every day, vegetables are delicious, vegetables are delicious, guess what? One day you're going to take a bite of a vegetable and it's going to be the most delicious thing you've ever tasted. And he said, that's how I live my life. Oh my God. I love that. Holy hell. So I'm every morning I get up. I am very skinny. I am very skinny. I am very skinny. (laughs) Guess what? The scale still says I am fat as fuck. (laughs) One day, one day. (laughs) One day. Listen, Chuck, it's not working. Okay. Well, Chuck definitely has some answers and is 90. I would hope so. And I hope that like people can find it before 90, but in that same breath of, you know, they say money can't buy you happiness. I very much think that it can if you're already happy. It can only Correct. provide more of what you're already doing. If you're just, you know, if you're just a shitty person, you're just going to live a shitty life. So, but I love that. I'm reading this book um, right now, uh, You're a Badass. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I about half, love that book. About halfway through love, it. And love, love. she says the same thing in there um, about you tell yourself the same thing every single day. Eventually it's going to come into fruition. If you, you know, are telling self-deprecating jokes about how you can't find a date because of A, B, and C, you're not going to fucking find a date, right? You're not going to find the person you're on the rest of your life with. But if you get up every morning and say, I'm a hot fucking piece of ass and I am a catch. And you know, you tell yourself those kind of things, you will find, you will find a date. You might not find the love of your life at first, but it's the point of getting started and giving yourself self affirmations because self-love is, I think the you know best form of love. Absolutely. I, I completely agree. I, I have a hard time when people are constantly putting themselves down I don't care what situation you're in. There's always a silver lining. And I just had a conversation with my brother. um, I want to say last weekend, maybe Um, I just had a moment where, you know, shit just was not working out for me. And I was upset and I had the kids and I was trying to run around and, and take them to different places. And it seemed like everything that I had tried to prepare for didn't work. I mean, I packed the the food and then I forgot this thing or I did one thing and I should have done the other thing. It just wasn't. It was like one of those days where nothing goes right. And he, he told me, he said, you know, if you had money, you would just go out and say, oh, OK, well, uh, I'm just going to go buy them some food. Right. Or I'm just going to go, you know, I'll, I'm going to give them 20 bucks and they can buy food wherever they're going. But because I was in a situation where I felt like, God, I don't have the extra finances to do this. And I don't want them to go to this event and not have what other kids are having. And he said, whoa, 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 I'm going to stop you right there. That is the worst way to think about it. You should never compare what you're financially able to do to what somebody else is able to do for the same reason that, like you said, money can only buy you more happiness. You have to have a baseline. And if you, absolutely, yeah, if you don't have that, well, money's not going to do shit for you. In fact, in, I think it would do the opposite almost. Yeah. Yeah. Because people, people expect a certain level of, I don't even know what the word is, participation in life with those finances. And because you're not, you don't have that baseline, you can't mm-hmm. give what you don't yeah, have. You can't, you can't feel that, keep filling that hole up with something that you got to figure, I mean, got to figure out how to fill it up. Um, <laughs> I saw this, I saw this really funny, I think it was meme. <laughs> this meme on Facebook. I'm not, I don't know, some social media platform. And it said, I don't need to be rich. I just want to be able to go to the gas pump and look away while my car continues filling up. <laughs> Oh my God. Like, yeah, so that's what I'm going to look so like. True. <laughs> Even, you, 
you know, even when I know I have money in my account and I go to the grocery store and I'm like, yep. okay, $47, $40, $50, $50, $50, $50, $50, $50, $50, $50, $50, $50, $50, $50, $50, $50, $50, $50, $50, $50, $50, $50, $50, $50, $50, $50, $50, $50, $50, $50, $50, $50, $
behind and in front of. So there's no saving spots or anything. So we thought we're going to wait for our friends so that we can all file in together and make us a compound. So of course, Kaylee and I went out early. And so we thought, well, where the hell are we going to stay? What was it? The Thursday night. So we found ourselves a very ritzy truck stop. And of course we have a camper. So we had a place to sleep, cook, eat, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever. And uh, along the way, we're still fixing things on the camper and repairing this and painting that because the camper is a whole nother story available on the next episode (laughs) of Top to Bottom. So we're just doing our thing, whatever. And we walk out to the front of the camper and she leans in to kiss me. And I backed away like she was the straightest cowboy (laughs) I've ever met. I booked it. I just, there was just no way in hell I was going to let a bunch of truckers see two very gorgeous women. I mean, if I do say so myself. Because that for me is, I wouldn't necessarily say, quote unquote, asking for it, because that is never a thing. But it was, uh, here we are. And I just, I couldn't do it. I said, we're here on our own. It's not like we couldn't defend ourselves, but shit, I'm not going to put ourselves in a situation where someone even has the idea of, oh, they're going to kiss outside. Well, I'm going to show them a piece of my mind. I agree. I just, I couldn't do it. And I wouldn't hold her hand on the way to the gas station, which was, I would say about a block away. If you're in a neighborhood, you know, that's about the Mm -hmm. length uh, away from, or the distance away from the the gas station. But she just looked at me like, really, you're not, you're going to, you're not going to let me kiss you. And I said, absolutely not. I am not going to fuel the fire that's already there. And it had nothing to do with us. Yeah. I mean, it's the same thing. I mean, I think anyways, coming, you know, as a Negro woman is there are places that I won't go because I don't trust the other people. Right. Um, Like you said, it has nothing to do about not being able to defend myself or me asking for it. You know, it's just I know where I am welcomed and not welcomed. And because we're, you know, gay women, there's a time and a place. So I think that I don't think that I would have been holding hands with Jessica or kissed her, especially if we're alone in the middle of a truck stop. So I think that I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And I'm sure there's some other listeners that can agree. <laughs> there's plenty of other situations where I've kind of backed away and she looked at me and she's gotten upset and rightfully so. We don't, I wish we lived in a world where it didn't, it didn't matter. But I don't think we're ever going to get to that place because someone's always going to have an opinion of what should and shouldn't happen. And those are usually the people that have not educated themselves enough that they feel that belittling or being physical or exerting their toxic masculinity is easier than to have a conversation or to educate themselves. So unfortunately, there's always going to be a time and a place. Oh my God. So, oh my God, (laughs) I have to tell you something. (laughs) Something. (laughs) So mm, the bar nine, we, if you guys, for you guys listening, we talked about this in the first episode. It's a gay bar here in Spokane. I was there one night with Heather and her girlfriend and Jess, and we were singing karaoke. And the problem is with our gay, like our literally like one gay bar here in Spokane is that it is the best place to dance and therefore straight people come lots of uh, bachelorette parties, lots of birthdays, lots of dudes coming, hoping that they're going to find, you know, these said girls and bachelorette parties. So usually the weeknights are the safer nights, you know, that you're going to be there with just a bunch of other homos. You know, you don't got to worry about all the straight people coming in because guess what? Straight people are every other fucking bar. So anyways, we're sitting there, it's about 10 o'clock at night, and this group of about 10 straight people all come in, already just hammered, and you know they're straight because they're a hetero couple, and they're all, you know, they're all holding hands, and they're, you know, oh my god, fuck, here it goes, and so when that happens, I usually just turn, you know, just turn around and don't acknowledge them, you don't belong here, if I invite you to my gay bar, then you can come in here, and I'm sorry for all you straight people listening, but you guys have so many places, we literally have one in Spokane, Washington, <laughs> so, yeah, um, oh yeah, I hear you, God. so, yeah, down Lewis, and I'm sure you can, you know, you feel the pain here, so, anyways, 
they're all pretty much minding their business. They're all drunk. The bartenders cut most of them off. But there's this guy and this girl, and they're standing against the wall. You know, the wall that is in nine. It's like the cement wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From the other side of the bar, right? So there's like the bar, the wall, the dance floor, and a bunch of tables. So they're standing on this cement wall, leaning against it in between the bar and that wall. And they're just making out so hard. Like, I don't even see gay people make out like that at nine, right? And so they're going so hard. I can like pretty much see the saliva dripping from their mouths. They're getting <laughs> super handy with each other. And at this you know, point, all of us at the table are like, what the serious fuck is happening over there right now? And so then, okay, he, she's facing him. He flips her around. And before he flipped her around, it already looked like his hands were going down her pants. And we were all very aware of this. Ew. So he flips her around and I could see their wheels, you know, the barely moving wheels, but they were moving in their head thinking, okay, <laughs> I'm going to turn you around and no one's going to know because you're going to be up against this cement wall. Well, as if, you know, for you that have been to nine, there are like three big cutouts in the cement wall. <laughs> right. Um, he puts her, he undoes her pants right in one of the openings of this wall. So now he's not, now he's knuckled deep and we're sitting at this fucking table <laughs> oh, trying no. to enjoy ourselves. So first of all, are you not only in your shit face making out in what's supposed to be our safe space, but now you're knuckle deep in our safe space. <laughs> and we're like forced to watch this because we are only a few tables away from them. It was very hard to miss. Yikes. So, oh God, this, this gets even better. So it's finally my turn to go up to sing karaoke. And I'm just fucking disgusted at this point. And for anybody that is straight listening, I would not be okay with two gay people doing this either. It was just disgusting in any in any means like you know it was not okay and so anyways i get up to sing karaoke and the motherfucker comes up from behind the bar after he just got done finger banging his girl and tried to give me a high five in the beginning of my song oh no oh oh okay. no okay hold on let me rewind a little bit so the song starts and i'm singing price tags right and there's a little like and like you know 10 second um intro and so i grabbed the microphone and i said hey everybody i said um if you didn't know you shouldn't fuck in public especially when there's a big fucking hole where you're doing it oh shit in front of everybody and they kind of look at me and he shakes his head and that's when he proceeds to come out and try to high five me and i tell him no and then I mean, he walks away i'm not sure anybody would accept that goopy high five <laughs> but yeah that would be the like, I'm still oh. so flabbergasted. And then we leave the bar because we had to wake up the next morning. And he puts her in a lift and sends her on her way. No fucking <laughs> way. <laughs> hey, thanks for the knuckle fuck. See you tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I, I mean... This, I mean, this bit, that space is not for your straight freak flag to fly. Let me tell you what they got. Oh, bro, holy shit. They got bro row right down the street. You can go and check out one of those bars if you're trying to do that. But um, anyways, see, and I, I a hundred percent agree with you is I don't care if you're gay, straight, you brought your goat. I don't <laughs> care. You don't fuck it in public. Okay. No. It's just not, oh, my fucking time and a place. First of all, let's talk about how dirty that wall is, okay? <laughs> Linda over here is going to have one itchy knuckle crotch, all right? So oh. I just, I cannot, germs alone freak me out. Secondly, this is, it. I just, oh, I can't, I can't. There's so there's a whole list, and it just printed out my ass, and I just can't read the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, no. So I think we are both on the same page as far as, PDA. I mean, if you want to hold your hands, hold hands in public, um, regardless of your sexuality, do it, you know, right? If you're in this, if you feel safe, if you want to kiss your partner, if you feel safe, do it. If you want to get knuckle deep in public, don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. It's, it's what I call what's comfortable versus what's appropriate. <laughs> exactly. Like you don't wear sweatpants to a wedding. What's appropriate is to dress up nicely. Yes. It doesn't mean you have to be in an actual dress per se, but sweet Jesus. Yeah, you don't, you don't wear sweats. Versus what's appropriate. This is what I teach my children is <laughs> 
okay, I see that you want to be comfortable in your leotard, but is it appropriate for where we're going to a funeral? Exactly. No, it's not. So, I mean, there, there's a difference there. There's a difference. Yep. So um, just uh, just a recap, uh, don't uh, fuck in public. Um, don't bring your straight gaggle into a gay bar. Um, and don't show up to a gay bar with your 10 girlfriends celebrating your heterosexual wedding to a boy named Chad. And that is the end oh. of my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Well, speaking of what's appropriate, let's talk about appropriate things to say. I think what you said to this particular knuckle fucker is just fine. I think you have the 100% right to say, hey, we don't fuck in public, but uh, make sure you pay your tab and uh, tip your waitress and get the fuck out. Yes. However, there are some inappropriate things to say out loud. Okay. I grew up in a very well-educated home. Okay, none of that matters because I don't care where you came from. If I hear you say the R word, and I'm only going to say this one time on this podcast ever so that anyone that's like, I don't, I don't care if you're Italian. I don't care if you love the show Friends, which I do. But Joey had to have everything explained to him, right? Mm Mm-hmm. I will only say this once. If you call anybody, whether they have a disability or not, if you call them a retard, I am done with you. Okay. I I mean, I'm getting fired up right now. Just saying it out loud. I have a really hard time saying that word because I can't tell you how many times I have met some of the most incredible people that to me, they don't have a disability. They just have a different ability. And for someone else to come up to them and call them by the R word, I, oh boy, I've I've had to, again, time and a place, you don't punch people. I just have a really difficult time. And there is no time or place to ever call anybody that word. And I mean, mark my words, if any of my friends are listening and you say it on a daily basis and you know who you are, there's a reason we don't hang out. Okay. So I'm just saying. Hmm. Um, I don't feel the same way. I don't, and I don't know why. Maybe it's because I've never had a personal relationship with anybody that has been handicapable. Um, I have lots of people in my, well, I wouldn't say lots. I said, but I, there are people in my life that I know that say it and um, maybe it's never bothered me because no one ever brought it to my attention that it's something you don't say. Like, I don't say it. I probably have said it, but it's not, you know, it's not in my vocabulary. It just has also never bothered me actually until recently. Um, well, a few months back, um, I was hanging out with um, a friend and she had said it. And someone goes, he got super pissed. And mind you, we were drinking and the guy got really, really upset and was like, don't fucking say that word. And we were, you know, we're thrown off, especially as we were drinking things come out of your mouth um, way before you even think. And so we both were kind of like taken aback. And um, I said, do you know somebody in your life that, you know, is handicapped or handicapable? Right. And he said, yes. And it was, um, I don't remember it was a sibling or something like that. I don't know if it was a sibling or um, a kid of his. Um, But anyways, I think that was the first time I had seen someone been really upset and affected by the word. Um, so again, I don't have any personal relationship with it being offensive. Um, but I see why people find that word offensive and I'm obviously much more, um, aware of when it's being said around me. Cause now when I hear the R word, I have this like, oof, you probably shouldn't say that in the back of my mind. Absolutely. And it does take that. And I, I feel like that's the same for any type of trigger word that is maybe more socially unacceptable. Mm -hmm. Um, But you do, you have to form a personal relationship with an experience. Mm -hmm. Um, I grew up, my mom's a speech therapist. She is probably one of the best speech therapists I have ever seen or heard in my entire life. And I don't say that just because she's my mother, because I've met plenty of other ones that are, I'm sure doing a great job, but my mom has dedicated herself so deeply that I grew up with every, any child on any spectrum. I've met so many different people of different ages. And so I find, I find that particular career path extraordinary. There's no way I could do it. I love it. I love making friends with all these incredible people that share and bring an entirely different perspective into your life. But 
you do have to form an experience. It, it doesn't mean that you have to be friends with someone that has autism or that has Down syndrome. You just connect in a way with the experience of what the word means to them. Mm -hmm. It's the same way if somebody said something derogatory to me as a Mexican. I don't necessarily care because I have never connected with my race being a negative thing. That is so if someone were to say use a derogatory slur against you that's that it doesn't it doesn't affect you or it doesn't what do you mean? I, and I'm sure we're going to offend plenty of people on this podcast so I hope so. I'm sorry if anything I personally say offends you <laughs> but uh whatever. Um you know, I, I've been joking around with friends and I'll be the first one to hash out a, a you know, dirty Mexican joke mm -hmm. or a something about a Mexican or a wetback, if you will. And there are some people that will look at me and I will look right at them. There are no words exchanged, but we understand that we are two very different people from the same ethnicity and that it was offensive to them. But you call me a wetback and I, I appreciate that you knew what slur to call me. I don't, it doesn't bother me at all. I don't get offended. I don't, to me more, it comes out as, oh, okay. So you do know what you're talking about. So don't tell me about this and this and this, because obviously you've educated yourself in one form, but that's never been a topic of contention for me. Hmm. That is, that's really shocking to me. Um, actually, uh, I guess I, I, I don't know. I, that is, it just blows my mind. Um, and I think that, I don't know. I'm not saying that any slur of a different race is worse than another. Um, but obviously, you know, you know what I'm getting here, getting at is, you know, the N word is one of those that everybody knows. Um, you know, I'm, you might, okay, I'm, I'm going to, you know, say Beaner, for example, someone might not know what that means, but you say, you know, the N word, you drop a hard R, I don't care where you came from, you know what that means. Exactly. And it has just been like ingrained in me in some way since as long as I can remember that I'm black and I'm different. And that when someone says the N word, I know that that's a fighting word. You know, I remember growing up, I was at daycare. And this little white girl came up to me and she's like, she said something, something along the lines, um, you little black girl. It didn't like upset me. I just remember, you know, five years old, I go up and tell my mom, I'm like, that little girl called me a black girl. And, it, you know, made my mom extremely livid. And that was one of the first times I was like, oh, I'm different. And some people don't like that. And I remember years later, my mom telling me like, that little girl probably really didn't know what she was doing. She knew, but she learned it from someone that, you know, somebody talk down about a black person somewhere sometime. Exactly. And my, my biggest thing is I think my mom did a really good job at, I wouldn't say sheltering us, but not giving those negative words power for us three kids specifically, because we grew up with neighbors that we hung out with all the time. They had the same, you know, the values, the same, they were raising their kids pretty much the same. I mean, obviously everybody has their own style, but mm -hmm. we'd be in a situation and somebody would call me a wetback and I would go, okay. And because they expect a reaction from you. Yeah, definitely. Because it's a social, socially learned behavior. Right. And I wouldn't, but my friend would lose her mind, like lose her mind. You can't marry, you know, just go off on this person and guess who never got picked on for that? Me, because I didn't give them that power. Hmm. But I also was never in a situation up uh, until I was in college where it meant more than just, I'm going to try to get a rise out of you. Mm -hmm. It was a very, oh, I don't want to say sinister, but a very dark moment where I was the only, only non-Caucasian person on this team. And I can't tell you how many times I got the short end of the stick. Yeah, for sure. And it did not occur to me that it was anything negative because to me, I mean, I see this, I saw this meme earlier and it was this little boy, this Caucasian boy and this African-American boy, and they, they were linked arms and the caption from the teacher said they got matching haircuts. So the teacher wouldn't know the difference. Cute. And I thought, holy shit, we, we are 
we are learning to be a certain way, always, constantly. Yep. So am I going to be the parent that says, now, son, if somebody calls you a wetback, then you need to be upset because they are downgrading. No, I'm not. You need to tell them that, okay, thank you, whatever, move on with your life. And instead of getting revenge or getting angry, do better. Uh, do better, teach, and move on. Because to me, I would rather... I would rather forego the revenge and just let karma pick them off because one day they are going to say that to the wrong person right. that is not going to be kind to them and understand that, you know what, maybe you're just ignorant. Maybe you really don't know the depth of what that word can mean to somebody. Mm -hmm. sure. And you chose to say that to the wrong person this time. And now you're going to get your ass whooped. <laughs> Damn. Um, I like, oh God, I don't know. I am. Um, I don't know exactly how I'm going to talk to Oliver about it yet. You know, he's mixed and he is very light, but I think that he, he's obviously mixed. Um, so I'm not sure quite yet how I'm going to address that, but I think that I'm going to not be as, I don't know what the right word is. I think that I will teach him to not revenge, not at all, because me personally, I am one of the most lenient, <laughs> um, black people towards ignorant things that I, that people say to me, right? I would rather educate you as why the fuck you don't call me, um, color. For example, I have, I have people to this day in 2019 that have referred to me as colored, um, or the word mulatto, for example, not a lot of people know that mulatto is a derogatory term. Um, and I've had people go, well, yeah, people will say mulatto. I thought mulatto just meant like a beautiful mixed person. And I, that's not actually, it's not true. Um, I, okay, I hope that I'm getting my facts right here. It's been a while since I've had to tell the story. Um, mulatto originally came from when white, like European people started um, producing with, I want to say it was Spanish people, like way back, like Spanish Inquisition, Spanish Inquisition, right? And so mulatto came out from the white people who were looking at these dirty mixed babies and so now mulatto has worked its way all the way here. You know, now it's 2019 and people are so using the word mulatto thinking that it's something of oh, this beautiful mixed baby. And it's not. And like I said, I'm very lenient. When someone calls me mulatto, I don't freak out on them. I just say, hey, that doesn't necessarily bother me, but it will bother the wrong person. So don't use mulatto. Use mixed, use black, use African, use, I mean, whatever. You know, people I think are so concerned of what to say that they end up tripping over themselves and say the wrong thing. Um, and I call it, I refer to myself as a Negro earlier. Don't call me a Negro. If you are white or if you are not black, don't fucking call me a Negro. You don't get that opportunity. Opportunity. So there's this guy, um, his name's Michael Harriet, and I read this really great article from him because someone once this white lady was said, I don't think that the N-word should be used at all, period, right? Point blank, rap music on TV. And this is this like 50-year-old white woman, mind you, who voted for Trump. She's like talking about how the N-word shouldn't be used. And so this Michael Harriet guy, oh, it said, so a group of white people discussing the gravity of the N-word and the use of it in and out of music should not. I'm sorry. Let me let me pause you there. A group of white people are discussing the N-word. <laughs> okay, ca carry on. Yep. So I guess that's enough said. If you're smart, then you should understand why that, that sentence just didn't make any sense. But, you know, people should be able. He also said this, Michael Harriet. People should be able to say whatever they want, but they should also face the consequences for what they say. And that goes like for the, not just the N word. That also goes for the R word. That goes for if you're OK with saying fag or faggot. Right. I have a lesbian friend who is not OK with the word faggot. However, Jessica, you know, and I will use that word towards each other. So it's just. You know, you just have to be ready for the consequences of whatever the fuck's about to come out of your mouth, because I might not hit you for, you know, calling me, um, calling up to me if you're a white person, you go, what's up, nigga? You know, I might not hit you, but somebody else might. Right. <laughs> There's always going to be that other person that will, believe me. Um, and, you know, we all finish up here, but he also said, so you hear somebody likes to get choked, right, in the bedroom. That's consent between those two people, right? So you hear someone likes to get choked. You're not going to walk up to somebody and start choking them because you heard it. Um, <laughs> you hear a group of girls being like, 
oh my god you're such a bitch or like you slut or whatever you're not gonna if you're not gonna walk up to that girl and be like oh my god you slut because you heard her and her friend talking about it so if you hear two people being like what's up nigga or you hear it in a rap song that is consent between me and my black brother and my black sister so don't come up to me and start using the n-word just like you're not gonna go up to jack because and choke him because you heard that jack likes to get choked in the bedroom so exactly. consent between two people and no one has consented white people <laughs> to use the n-word so if you hear that i'm just gonna repeat that one more time consent between <laughs> uh and in my notes uh yeah i've never really understood a group of people that have nothing to do with what they're talking about or have experienced it personally making rules about that thing yep just it makes no sense yeah but like so like you were saying living out the consequences of what you're about to say Mm -hmm. i had a phone call um, a business phone call at work, and it was a professional looking for jo- uh, a work to be done and was wondering if we would be willing to bid it out, et cetera, et cetera. And I said, sure, yeah, send us over the information. We'll take a look at it, and we'd love to do business with you. Well, I spoke too soon because as I'm giving him the email, I read it out loud with – he cut me off, first of all um, – one of my biggest pet peeves and Kaylee will tell you this. If I am talking and you cut me off, I will fuck you up. (laughs) You call me a slur. It's fine, but you cut me off. I fuck you up. (laughs) Exactly. It's one thing to interject. That's different. You cut me off and start a new story. You gone. Mm. He cut me off. Can I say it one more time? The motherfucker (laughs) cut me off. He said, to, in reference to the email that I was just spelling out for him, he said, wow, whoever created this email should be punched in the face. Excuse it's me? like someone with dyslexia made it. <gasps> I'm sorry. And I, I, I kind of, my stomach kind of cramped up and I might have thrown up in my mouth just saying and repeating what this very ignorant man said. But first of all, how do you know that I don't have dyslexia? Ooh. Second of all, it's just as bad as saying the R word. What he just said was horrible. Mm-hmm. And I had to pull my shit together to not go off on him on the phone because I thought, I don't own this business. And okay. if my boss chooses to do business with him, that is completely up to him. And I got to suck it up and move forward, right? So he said that. And I said, why don't you just send it to that email and we will figure it out. Right. So he, we hang up and I am fuming. My boss walks back in and he can tell that I'm upset and I'm upset to the point where I'm almost emotional because you do not say those things to anyone, especially as a professional and wanting work. Like really, this is what you're going to start off with. That's ridiculous. So I told my boss what happened And his words were flat out, hell no, we will never do business with that douche. Dang, good for him. That alone is why I work for the man I work for. He will stand up for what he absolutely knows is right. He may not know that it's right at the moment, but he will defend every one of his employees and whatever their beliefs are until he's proven otherwise. I love that. It's just, I was, I was floored. I was absolutely floored at the fact that this business owner was saying this over the phone. Yeah. You know what? I honestly think that that goes for though. Like, okay, we've been talking about the things that we find socially unacceptable. I think that today, like the environment that we are in today, people find it okay to go against what is socially unacceptable. And I put a lot of that and, you know, I will probably save politics and religion for another podcast, but politics, because of where we are at and who is leading our country, especially, I think that the things that people usually don't fucking say out loud, they're saying it. They think that it's socially acceptable to say dumb things like that. And not that that didn't happen before, you know, before the, you know, election or in the last, you know, however many years, people have always said dumb shit. But I think that is getting easier 
or people are feeling safer to say shit like that, especially to a business, to a company that they're trying to get, you know, work with. Right. Because they're just going to turn around and say, what are you going to do about it? You're going to sue me. You're Mm going to, no, it's not okay. It's not okay to say it. And I think it's more publicized because we have such a larger reach with social media and reporters are trying to, you know, combat the social media thing. You know, you can share a story on Facebook and it'll spread like wildfire. You put it in the newspaper and it might take a minute, but as soon as it hits that, that social platform, it's gone. It is gone. Mm -hmm. But I, I agree. I think people are getting more and more comfortable saying whatever the fuck they want and thinking I can say it if I want fucking sue me. Well, guess what? Uh, when I am rich, and so let's see if I calculate seven, <laughs> give me 74 years, I'm going to sue your ass. I'm going to sue the fuck at you. Um, yeah, people will call you dyslexic over the phone. People will come and fuck in a bar in front of you. Like, what? Where are we right now? What kind of what kind of climate are we in? <laughs> well, right now it's cloudy with a chance of rain. And in oh. the morning, make sure you wear your sweatpants. Because guess what? I don't know. I don't do weather. Oh, okay. Well, I'm glad. <laughs> well, Girl, at least you and I have some form of knowledge and have educated ourselves in what is and isn't acceptable. And I guarantee I will be the first to admit there are days where shit comes out of my mouth and the second it leaves my lips, I go, oh, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, it's true. You know, but hey. As long as we're all willing to learn, that was the end of it. Oh, I mean, it, it, literally, though. I mean, we are humans. We err. It's it's going to be, it's just going to be how it is until the day we die. And even for the following people who live, they're going to fuck up. But you have to be open-minded because you're uncomfortable when you grow. So. Absolutely. Um, I do want to say, though, I've had some people reach out to me uh, via you know, Facebook, Instagram, who would like to chime in on a podcast. Um, I know we have some people lined up, our girlfriends, for example, some of our best friends are going to come on here. So if you have, you know, anything that you want to let us know, you want to talk about, you have ideas for us. Um, Brenda, where can they find us? Well, all your ideas, all your criticisms, all your listen here, motherfuckers, uh, you can reach us at Instagram, at Instagram. No, that's just Instagram as a whole on our Instagram, mm-hmm. on our Facebook page. Um, you can also email us. We have a Gmail account. Um, it is top, the number two, bot, B-O-T, P-O-D, pod, at gmail.com. So send us your questions, your concerns, your corrections, for sure. Yes, if we send please. On here that maybe isn't politically correct, or maybe we need to be learned of a few things, (laughs) then fuck, send us an email. Please. Can't wait to hear back from everybody. Except that one guy in the back. Put your hand down. (laughs) Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at top, the number two, bottom, underscore podcast, and Twitter at top, the number two again, bottom, underscore pod.